Dashcam video from the 408 Taroko train sheds new light on the final moments of last Friday's crash. Footage released on Tuesday shows that the train driver had reacted four seconds after spotting the crane trucks on the tracks. Investigators say that even if the driver had slammed the brakes the moment he saw the truck, it would have been too late to avert disaster. Exiting the tunnel, the train emerges into daylight, barreling along the curve toward the truck on the tracks. Within four seconds, the Taroko Express crashes into it and slams into the left side of the tunnel wall. This is footage from the train's dash cam. We have images at the 45, 46 and 47 second mark and then it stops. But over here on the ATP system, it shows the brake was engaged. That's to say, they used the manual brake to stop the Taroko Express from moving forward. On Friday morning, the train exited the Runho Tunnel at the 9 hour, 28 minute, 38.5 second mark. Less than five seconds later, the automatic train protection system registered an emergency brake engagement. One second after the brakes were activated, the train collided with the truck and later slammed against the side of the Qingshui Tunnel. The last record on the system log shows the train was moving at 121 kilometers per hour. The front of the construction vehicle, the engine and the crane were broken apart. Everything but the chassis was pulled inside the tunnel in front of car 8 of the train. Officials also spoke on how the construction vehicle ended up on the tracks. The Transportation Safety Board has roughly mapped out the path of the truck, which was owned by Yixiang Industry. The vehicle slid down a sloping path at the construction site, making a hairpin turn around an excavator. It continued sliding downward before eventually falling off the path into the vegetation below and landing on the train tracks. A little more than a minute later, the Taroko Express crashed into it. The truck kind of rolled down the hill, but as we mentioned just now, if you look at the scene, there were other construction vehicles there. There wasn't just one vehicle in operation. That is to say, there wasn't just one vehicle at the site. From the images, you can see that construction had not been halted at the site. The 350-ton train collided against the 7.5-ton truck before crashing at high speed into the Qingshui Tunnel resulting in the tremendous loss of life. The investigation continues into why the truck was able to roll down the slope. Let's now hear the story of one member of the rescue team who rushed to the horrifying scene of the train crash. Suji Hospital Dr. Wu Kunqi also heads Hualien County's volunteer fire rescue team. One of the most famous photos from the incident shows him in the tunnel cradling a boy in his arms while the child and his mother were evacuated. Dr. Wu says he simply responded spontaneously to the need he saw before him. In the depths of the tunnel, a boy is cradled in the arms of a doctor who also reassures the child's mother. These photos of Dr. Wu were captured by a volunteer firefighter. I asked her, please let me hold him so we can move you and get you to hospital. I think she was in and out of consciousness because something hit her head. She was saying she wanted to fall asleep, but Dr. Wu kept encouraging her to stay conscious and hold on for her son's sake. The boy's father spoke out to thank the medical emergency team dispatched by the hospital. His wife and son were in the train's eighth carriage, where the worst casualties took place. After the crash, his wife almost fell unconscious, but thanks to the doctor's presence, both were helped safely out of the train. Oh, if we have the chance, all three of us will go to Hualien and express our gratitude to Dr. Wu in person. He has truly been a blessing for our family. 
Dr. Wu is the head of Hualien's Volunteer Fire Department Emergency Rescue Team. He was one of the first into the tunnel to carry out the rescue mission. He took off his white robe after finding a man who had broken both legs and was shivering with cold and draped it over him. Five hours later, the casualty arrived at Hualien Siji Hospital, still with that same white robe on. I just do what needs to be done when I see it. If I see a piece of litter, I pick it up. If I see a patient in need, I try to save them. Meanwhile, this white robe bears the marks of a true hero's work, dirt and grime, as well as blood and tears, a testament to the astonishing power of selfless service. Taiwan shares swept to a fresh high on Tuesday, the first day back after the Tomb Sweeping Festival market holiday. Following gains on Wall Street, the TIEX jumped by 1.02% to reach a record close of 16,739 points. The rally was led by TSMC, which rose 1.33% to finish at 610 NT and recover its ex-pre-dividend price. MediaTek broke past 1,000 NT dollars at its intraday high before ending the day up 3.54 percent at 995 NT dollars. Electric vehicle stocks were a big winner too, many of them hitting limit up on Tuesday. One stock analyst breaks down today's market surge. Now that it's early April, we're starting to see earnings reports for March. Given that there's a clear economic boom underway, we can expect strong March revenues from most firms. Good earnings and support from global markets are what pushed the TIEX to its highest point in recent weeks. Analysts are optimistic that the index will exceed 17,000 points this week. They say that as long as trading holds up above the five-day moving average and turnover stays above 350 NT, uh, 350 billion NT dollars, the TIEX should be able to maintain its upside momentum. A dead pig that washed ashore in New Taipei has tested positive for African swine fever. Tests, shows, uh, tests show that the pig was infected with the Chinese strain of the disease. Officials are now testing hog herds within a 10-kilometer radius of the dead pig to rule out the possibility that it was infected locally. This is the first time a pig with African swine fever was discovered on Taiwan proper. Last Sunday at 10 a.m., a dead pig was found on the coast of New Taipei's Wanli, 15 meters away from Guihou Fishing Harbor. As a precaution, the Coast Guard Administration and the Council of Agriculture tested the hog for African swine fever. Results came out positive, making it the first pig with the disease to wash ashore in Taiwan proper. Looking at the records from 2018 to the present day, none of the cases tested positive. This is the first case of an infected pig washing up on Taiwan proper. The PCR and the real-time PCR tests showed a positive. Genetic sequencing has revealed a 100% match with the disease's Chinese strain. The virus that infected the pig is a perfect match with China's strain. According to an analysis of sea currents, the pig likely floated from China toward the median line of the Taiwan Strait before tracking north to end up in Wanli. The Council of Agriculture says it's not ruling out the possibility that the pig was raised and infected in Taiwan. If the virus enters our hog farms, there would be an extremely high number of deaths. For now, our farms report that their hogs are all healthy and fine. I think it's most likely that the pig floated in from abroad. The hog that was found was white. There are 11 hog farms in the area raising 2,719 pigs, all of which are black. 
so it's highly likely that the pig wasn't raised on Taiwan proper. The COA has imposed movement restrictions on the staff and vehicles of the 11 pig farms within a 10-kilometer radius from where the pig was found. The restrictions won't be lifted until the 2,719 pigs raised in the farms are confirmed to be disease-free. Several hogs have already washed up in Taiwan's outlying islands, but this first incident on Taiwan proper has sounded alarms. Taichung's mayor has accused the central government for illegally reactivating a coal-fired generator in the city on Monday. Speaking at City Hall, Mayor Lu Xiuyan blasted the central government for activating the number three generator at Taichung Power Plant without local authorization. The economics minister and Tai Power Company said the restart was legal. The central government neither notified nor negotiated this with Taichung and its local government. Without regard for the feelings of Taichung's people, it restarted the number three coal-fired generator, forcing our lungs to pay for its power generation. This was entirely compliant with the relevant central government regulations. It was restarted in accordance to those procedures. This unit is fully legally compliant. The number three generator has been upgraded with an environmental control system. Among our 10 units, this one's operational performance and air emissions rate are considered excellent. It was brought online as part of a standard rotation. The number one generator had to go offline for repairs and maintenance, so we needed number three. Tai Power said number three was fired up due to repairs required at another generator and to meet soaring power demand. To make matters worse, hydropower production has dropped off this year due to the drought, creating an energy shortfall. So want to know more about reducing your carbon footprint? The Green Party is your chance. Coming up in May, it's a Taipei Fair with live music, workshops, cooking contests and a market, all focused on healthy and sustainable living. For Milson News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us on a preview. The chef adds yogurt, blueberry, parsley and other ingredients in the blender. This is a cooking demo conducted by Professor Han Bocheng, a professor at the Taipei Medical University's College of Public Health. He will be one of the lecturers at the 2021 Green Party. To reduce your carbon footprint and to have a green diet, you have to turn to a plant-based diet. The husbandry and cooking of animals such as ruminants generate the biggest possible carbon footprint. So we encourage everyone to try to eat plant-based foods, making them at least 80% of your diet. We have always advocated something called rainbow fruits and vegetables 579. That means fruits and vegetables in various colors like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, and white. That's because fruits and vegetables of different colors contain different phytochemicals, which deliver different benefits to our bodies. To promote carbon reduction and healthy eating, the Taiwan Creative Economy Association and Taiwan Convention and Exhibition Association will hold the 2021 Green Party at Yuensan Plaza. There will be a green market of healthy food and green products, a forum series on healthy eating, a cooking competition, and cooking demos. The main thing is to let everybody know to aim for sustainability practices identified by the United Nations, that is, to recycle, reuse, reduce, and replace. We hope to convey that message to the public and the industry through this event. People can learn how to reduce carbon, how to be healthy, and how to eat non-toxic and carbon-reducing dishes. 
The Green Party will be held May 1st and 2nd. It will promote concepts like farm to table and cancer prevention and encourage attendees to eat healthy and to reduce their carbon footprint. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. The tab was cut off on Tuesday in parts of Miaoli, Taichung, Zhanghua and Xinzhou as part of rationing program to tackle drought. Water will be cut off entirely for two days each week on a rotating basis until reservoirs are refilled by rain. On Tuesday, locals were seen lugging containers uh, to and from filling stations to collect water for household use. At local markets, seafood vendors were gloomy about their business in the coming weeks. Twist the tap, but not a drop comes out. If you need water, you'll have to go to a water station. Then, you'll have to use it with measure. Locals fill up containers at water stations. With the drought worsening, crisis alerts turn red in central Taiwan on Tuesday, which will now lose their water two days a week. The supply cut will extend into the greater Xinju area to three localities supplied by Miali's Yonghe-shan Reservoir. It will affect 438 households in the boroughs of Zhongai and Nangang in Xinju City and 27 households in Bado Village in Xinju County. These 465 households will lose their water on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We have made the best possible preparations for the worst-case scenario so that all residents affected can get through this tough period. I hope that rationing will be brief and that the water restrictions will lift after the plum rains come. The government is working to find water, but our residents have to think of ways to save water. Over in Taichung's Jango market, many stands were closed on the city's first day without water. Despite having collected plenty of water the previous day, some seafood vendors said they feared for their business. We can't keep this up for long. We can try it out for one or two days. But if no rain comes, it'll be even tougher. It might get to the point where we have to close shop and stop doing business. At this other stand, clams would normally be soaked in water to purge them of sand. The water cuts have left the vendor in a quandary. I don't know what to do. All we can do is leave some with sand and some without. Our only option is to let our customers know and ask for their understanding. Otherwise, we can't do business. Vendors are having a tough time with losing their water two days a week. Ahead of the restrictions, Taichung set up 347 water stations around the city. Residents without water towers at home turned up early on Tuesday to get their fill. Over in Zhanghua, fire departments are dispatching trucks to keep water stations topped up. With no rain in the forecast, there is nothing to do but to conserve and ration and to dig in for a long fight against the weather. So for the people of Miaoli, Taizhong, Zhanghua and Xinzhu, filling up at water stations is about to become part of everyday life. Taiwan Water Company says locals should store up, but not store too much at once. According to the company, drinking water goes bad after three days. Locals wait by the tank for their turn to fill up. 
With strict rationing in place, water is a precious commodity, but experts advise against hoarding water past three days. What we call volatile organic compounds such as trihalomethanes will continue to evaporate. Generally speaking, after three days, there won't be enough residual chlorine to inhibit the growth of bacteria. A word of warning. Drinking water has a use-by date, and it's three days from the point of collection. Starting from the fourth day, that water is better suited for washing up. That's because when water is left to stand, chlorine evaporates from it, leaving it exposed to bacteria that can't be killed off entirely, not even by boiling temperatures. Toward the end, that water will be very dirty and will contain a great deal of bacteria. You may get sick even without drinking a lot. Endotoxins can produce chills, fever, stomach upset, nausea and vomiting. Those are the common symptoms caused by endotoxins. Even water brought to a boil can go bad, experts say. Boiled water left out for more than 16 hours will often test positive for E. coli. According to the Taiwan Water Company, the chlorine levels in its tap water fall between 0.2 and 1 parts per million, which is the standard range. Too low and the chlorine won't sterilize. Too high and the water will smell like bleach. The water company says it will routinely test water quality at its filling stations, checking pH, turbidity and other parameters. Local are asked not to fill up too much at once so that the water doesn't go to waste. Let's head now to Kaohsiung to meet a plant lover with a, an unusual hobby. Dr. Wang Yonong cultivates a whole little ecosystem of tropical plants in an amphibian tank at home. He says although it takes a lot of tending, it's the perfect way to unwind and relax after a busy day. Let's take a look. A miniature tropical rainforest is living out its life here inside a small glass tank. The varied ecosystem also features a pool with fish and shrimp. We can divide it into top, middle and bottom. At the top, of course, we choose plants that like more light, such as bromeliads and so on. In the middle and bottom layers, there's less light. So maybe we start off mainly with bryophytes and pteridophytes. And we also have some river fish and mussels. The entire thing was lovingly put together by this Kaohsiung doctor. Dr. Wang works in physiatry to help patients recover from physical pain and stress. But at the end of the day, he comes home and gets his own therapy from these plants and fish. I started mainly with making fish tanks, and then because of time issues, I thought, I wonder if I can also do something simpler, something that looks really relaxing and helps me unwind in my downtime. The whole family like to spend free time together in this little world of plants, which gives the home a vibrant atmosphere. It feels a bit like a forest in the house, like there's a lot of vitality and life energy. But the first thing he does when he gets in the door after work is he goes straight over to the tank. When I get home, of course, if I have time, I do a bit of simple pruning for them, or I create these little mini ecosystems and bottles. Actually, you have to choose the plants that are more suited to a slightly damp environment. Maintaining a tank like this takes care and attention for every detail, from the soil and stones to each plant and creature. But for anyone looking for a way to bring nature into their home, it could be a great way to unwind.